3: hello thank you for going to the les schwab tires. Tires. i don't know hello we appreciate you going to the les schwab, les schwab. why it's can't like you v- say tires Vive cluco it's the same just thing. say tires uh wh- where do we pick up from hi uh, everyone you're listening to the center in the saint podcast
1: i'm luke anderson i'm will Dar- well, Darkins, and this is sponsored by les schwab tires is that right i think so okay yep enjoy Doing the right thing since 1952.
0: In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. We got a lot
3: of, of, uh, of gentlemen's clubs. How do you like those? Oh, hey,
0: everybody. Yeah. It is now. Devolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan.
3: <laughs> yeah. All right, kids, we made it to hour two of the program we call The Sinner and the Saint. Big news in uh, free agency. We've got uh, Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers. But right after that announcement, the really bizarre one. Yeah, everybody counted out the Clippers, and it was between the Lakers and the Raptors. Anybody have Paul George going to the Clip as
1: well? Yeah, Vegas had it. (laughs) Really? I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. It's always what I hear from people. Oh, yeah, I saw that at Vegas. I put money on it. I'll do those coming a million miles away. Yeah. Yeah, Paul George out to left I got this thing, my mortgage. Just going to put it on that. <laughs> it's fine.
3: Yeah, that'll work out really well for everybody. Uh, so now that you've got uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers, obviously it kind of adjusts the power balance in the West. Um, but one of the things with Kawhi waiting to make a decision, it was uh, you watched a lot of the small pieces and the tier two guys in free agency kind of disappearing from the option for the Lakers. So the Lakers at one point had three guys on their, on their payroll. And that was LeBron James, Anthony Davis and Kyle Kuzma, but they have started to add pieces. So Danny green ends up uh, signing with the Lakers. uh, According to sources uh, today, they're going to get JaVale McGee back uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope and Quinn cook. Uh, is a new addition uh, to the Lakers, so you'll start to see those rosters shape out. But one of the things that the Paul George trade kind of leads us to wonder, and the 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 haul that the Clippers gave up, uh, five f- first round picks, two uh, were previously owned by Miami. This is spread out over six or seven years. Um, a couple sw- picks that were swapped. Four are uh, unprotected first-round so, picks. One is protected. You got yeah. the. You so got again, the full thing right it here.
1: is four future unprotected first-round picks, a projected first-round, or I'm sorry, a protected first-round pick, yep. and rights to swap picks with the Clippers in 2023 and 25.
3: And then uh, they got uh, Shea Gil- Gilgis.
1: Gilgis. Just. Gilgis. Okay. Yeah,
3: I watched. I watched Clippers highlights. So Make did sure. I. Yeah, Gilgis. It's Gil- Gilgis Just. Alexander. No, it's
1: not. Yeah. Woj it, pronounced it Gilgis. So I'm going to go yes, with that. Yes, I know
3: he did, but the Clippers broadcast team.
1: Let me tell you something. So I'm going trust Adrian Wojnarowski <laughs> ahead of the Clippers broadcast team. That's another note of just like, <laughs> again, I don't trust this organization to do the right thing. Well, how, what is Chris Broussard? How does he
3: pronounce his name? Broussard? Bro. <laughs> no. Uh, Broussard. G- anyways, uh, and uh, Gallinari go to... Uh, go to Oklahoma city. So now the big question that everyone is asking is if Oklahoma city in full rebuild and if they are, what do you do with Russell Westbrook?
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know what you do. I don't know who wants to trade for him because you're in this weird situation where like, if you're the thunder, you want a lot back, right? Of course, this is a guy who's a former MVP. You know, he, he, got your team, well, sort of, got your team to the finals. <laughs> you know, he's been kind of the face of your franchise for, well, your entire franchise, really. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know what team's going to give up enough assets to do that for a guy who has required a lot of surgeries lately and the way that <laughs> he plays is rapidly accelerating his, you know, his prime. Yeah. Like, Russell Westbrook, honestly, is out of his prime now.
3: Well, he, he's certainly on the cusp of that. I don't, you don't know. I mean, he's three I mean, years. He's kind of out, dude. Three years in a row, he's averaged a triple-double. He's, uh... And you know,
1: how far did they get in the playoffs?
3: Listen, uh, the team is not very good. The combination of, of of Paul George and Russell Westbrook obviously didn't work. The, the Durant combo worked pretty well. Uh, they got him to, you know, Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals the year before Durant took off. Um, but you would think that, you know, if you're Oklahoma city to, to your point, if he is leaving his prime, you need to make a move right now. If you're going to get anything for him. And you gotta,
1: you gotta do it with a really stupid team too.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, or, or you have a team that goes, we have the pieces to try to win now. And I'm looking at you Eastern conference as to, to where the move is to be made and the the team that popped up this morning when I was kind of looking through some options Miami has enough assets to trade for him and they just went out and got Jimmy Butler how fun would it be to see that because it's either Eastern Conference finals or it's they murder each other in the middle of the night in some nightclub fight.
1: Yeah, boy, I'll tell you, this sure sounds a lot like when they got Paul George on the Thunder. See, this is going to be every situation that Russell Westbrook goes into from here on out because so many people associate playing with him uh, to be like, oh, you can't. This guy is absolutely crazy. People can't play with him. But isn't that Jimmy Butler, too? Kevin Durant, James Harden, Serge Ibaka.
3: Uh, James Harden didn't leave because of Russell Westbrook. They left because Oklahoma City didn't think they could afford to pay him and the other two stars, which was... Turned out not to be true because the way the salary cap moved up, they could have had three max players. So we
1: got three dudes then. Paul George. Paul George, Kevin Durant, Serge Baca. All of them.
3: Yeah. Well, what about Carmelo Anthony?
1: (laughs) I think that's the opposite. (laughs) They were like, if you don't get rid of him, I'm going to (laughs)
3: leave. But don't you need to make... Some sort of move if you're OKC. I mean, obviously, this is this is it looks very much like a full rebuild. I mean, you and have his value to. is never going to get higher.
1: No, you're it's not. I, I mean, yeah, you have to make a move. But I I guess what I'm trying to say is the unfortunate part is don't expect a lot back we, because his contract's huge. He still has one hundred seventy one million dollars to be paid out. Yeah. So it's like you're getting a dude on the downturn of his career who. By all accounts, if you just look at it from a very far away, he's not a very good team player. Mm-hmm. He just pretty much pushes, pushes everybody away. Even when he averages a triple-double and wins MVP, he can't get his team out of the first round. I, I'm sorry, dude. I know that you can say, like, oh, but he didn't have enough around him. Dude, you're the league MVP. I don't want to hear that. You, you need to get your team past the first round if you're the league MVP. If you're averaging a triple-double, you should be able to win.
3: So you have, a dis- Sorry. you have a dysfunctional player. Yeah, that costs a lot of money. That's a stat monster. Yeah. That is exciting. That can't win on a big stage. Okay, Sounds like going. a New York Knick. Yeah, right. Sounds an awful lot like a New York Knick, doesn't it? Now, what do the Knicks have to give? Uh, that I don't know. I mean, looking at their, they pretty much have to, I would think get rid of anybody that's on their roster.
1: See, and this is where the problem lies can they, is that can they you can, trade
3: what's remaining on uh Joe Kim Noah's contract yeah. or whatever.
1: See, this is the problem that you fall into with uh, trading Russell Westbrook. You really can't trade him to the West because everybody's pretty much lined up now. Everyone's like, no, we're good. We got everything we need. And if you go through the East, it just kind of each time goes, well, no, they don't have enough assets. What? Well, no, it's not worth it. Well, no, he doesn't really fit with that guy. And even Miami, you go really, you want to get those two D bags together? <laughs> like, <laughs> I uh, can you trade him for Paul George or, um, or for uh, Chris Paul? Oh, darn it. Okay. Um for Chris Paul. Oh gosh. I don't know, straight up. Yeah. I, the, money, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the money The money went close match. The,
3: yeah, the money works. Chris Paul, remember he can't get along with James Harden. James Harden and Russell Westbrook played together and it seemed to work. It was that was not a matter of dysfunction why James Harden left. Could you imagine those two guys playing in D'Antoni's offense?
1: Well, so let's look at it again. You're replacing Chris Paul, who is a very angry and self centered and ball control guy with Russell Westbrook, who's a very angry, self centered and ball control guy. Yeah, but he's younger and he's, he's kind faster. of a swap, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's but, try this. But if you can get along <laughs> with James Harden. It's kinda like
3: Dude, dude, have there ever been a, a season where only two guys scored for an NBA team?
1: Pippin and Jordan.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but then Paxton made that one big shot.
1: 55305 is the better you today text line. Somebody threw out Orlando, which I absolutely love. And I think you've heard this show before if you're throwing that out. Because Orlando is like our favorite team.
3: Yes, absolutely. That's
1: where everybody goes when it's just like, I don't know. How about the Pistons? Blake Griffin? Do they have enough to give up?
3: Yeah, they've got, somebody's got to have pieces over there. Really? When you want to see him play with Blake? Well, I, I think you have it? to
1: give up Blake to get him. Yeah, you're probably right. See, that's the well, thing. But you
3: don't want, to want to trade an old guy? There's got to be somebody young on that roster.
1: Let's see. Well, Hey, listen. And to get Orlando. Who? Who are you gonna trade? <laughs> Markelle Fultz.
3: Figure figure it out. Get him out of there. Put him on a team that makes it interesting. I would love to just see the Gong Show move east. And oh, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, and Russell Westbrook on the same team would be awesome. The Hawks? Now the Hawks are all young pieces.
1: I mean, you have a lot of is Andre assets. Andre Drummond? What
3: do they pay Andre Drummond up? Is he? He's in Detroit, right?
1: Uh, I think he's gone. Eh, well. Maybe. Hold on, I'm just looking through these teams. The only one, the other one I can think of that you quite possibly could do it, and this is actually very realistic, is the Pacers. There you go, because you do have some assets, but again, <laughs> go get Oladipo back. Yeah, right. You're you're putting two guys together who there were there were rumors before Oladipo left that like he couldn't stand being. <laughs>
3: oh, dude, that's number four. <laughs> Better you today text line, Thunder solution, sell back to a Seattle owner.
1: Oh, <laughs> go away. Turn your radio off, sir. We don't want that here. All right, it's time to talk Major League Baseball.
3: And as we do every week, or almost every week, we bring in Jen Ellis, our baseball insider. Uh, so we're going to talk some MLB with our uh, with our favorite baseball person, and we will do that next. You're listening to The Center and the Saint right here on 1080 The Fan.
0: But you're
2: doing it again, All you're
3: right, welcome die. back. It's baseball time. You got Luke Anderson. You've got Will Darkins, and of course we've got Jen Ellis.
2: I believe uh, that song that the was. Jerry. That's Mark Annas. Mark Canna from the yeah. A's. Yeah, he had that as his walk-up song last year. Now he has uh, Madonna's Vogue as his walk-up song, which as, is amazing.
3: As he should. He should. Uh, if you're listening to the program for first time, Jen Ellis is the ballpark MC for the Hillsboro Hops. Hops. And yes, she's a huge indeed. Major League Baseball fan and yeah. a, a co-worker of ours here at Entercom. So we're always happy to have you join us. We were just talking in the break, Will and I, about uh, where – you would want to trade Russell Westbrook. I said they should ship him off to Minnesota, get Andrew Wiggins back and go young. I think that's the final solution there. Um, but there was uh, some weird moments in baseball <laughs> this week and nothing stranger than the Padres and Dodgers playing through what yeah. we thought was an earthquake, but turns out just footsteps of Kawhi Leonard getting closer to Los Angeles. Yeah,
2: it could have been it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> the whole... Uh stadium shakes.
3: Yeah, yeah, so so you were you watching the game or just saw you the know, footage? No, I just saw
2: the highlights of it. Uh my I mean, I've been through many earthquakes, but never at an outdoor venue before. So that kind of seems a little creepy to me. It seems so weird because at first, you probably think, uh, is it, are, are we really, is this really an earthquake? It takes a second to realize when you're just sitting still in your office and there's an earthquake, you're like, wait, is it, are we having an earthquake? I, I don't know. Let's check Facebook. Is everybody else, you know, and everybody's like, Hey, earthquake, earthquake, you know, and then. Yeah. And then the reports come out, but it's just so bizarre to see the camera kind of shaking, and that that footage of the camera shaking was kind of making me nauseous. But
3: and they're throwing yeah, pitches, and
2: they're still playing. <laughs> and then at one point, I think like Kike Hernandez, Hernandez stepped out of the batter's box, and he was kind of looking around with this weird, like quizzical look, you know. And yeah. I think he was probably thinking, like, was that an earthquake? Are we having one? you know and i think it, it kind of rumbled and and rolled on a little bit longer than people thought it was going to so and when you're in it you always think oh man that was long it was like 2 minutes long and it's like 10 seconds yeah. you know but i think it did go on for you know 15 20 seconds or so it takes yeah, a, it's
3: trippy yeah it takes a second to get your bearings the, yeah. i had a weird one the two that stand out in my mind earthquakes that i was in one i was i was in, I, in a truck i had mm. i had an old toyota pickup truck that was a little bit lifted and it just started swaying yeah so because of the shocks on a on a Jacked up four-wheel drive truck. Yeah. It just started swaying and I had no idea. My buddy, I was actually waiting in his driveway. He comes running out and no. he, he was earthquake. And we were on our way to Mount Hood, which of course yeah. is an active volcano. And this, so, <laughs> so we we're going yeah. snowboarding. We go, wait, is this a good idea? And then we're idiots. We're like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Let's, Let's go. do it. And then uh, the other one, (laughs) I was in L.A. and I was working for uh, the W Hotel, 16-story hotel. Oh, yeah. This woman from New York ran down the (gasps) stairs. Oh, no. And it was very small earthquake, like a three or something. And she comes running down and was like, no, what do we do? When are the aftershocks going to hit? like, no, that's it. That's <laughs> okay. And they're like, right. the aftershocks, the building's coming down. Yeah. And like,
2: no, elevators are still working. Everything,
3: you're going to just come down. But yeah, she comes down sweating and panting
2: and all yeah. that. And I love how people are like, oh my God, there was an earthquake. Are you okay? And it's like, have you looked at a map? The earthquake was like, you know, 500 miles from me yeah. on the other side of the state, you know? Yeah. And when I lived in the Bay Area and I, I worked at a software company there and and uh, there was a, there was an earthquake up in Napa, Napa, and uh, you know the, all of our clients were like emailing us frantically, "Are you guys okay?" And it's yeah. like, yeah, we're fine. You know, I mean, it, it barely swayed anything, but yeah, it is. It's very surreal to see it. Yeah, you know, like at an event, like a big baseball game where it's completely sold out at Dodger Stadium is. Really-
3: yeah. Really weird. Well, the the epicenter there was a there was a six point six and a seven point one. Right. Well, yesterday's was a seven point one, mm-hmm. and that was the one with the baseball game. Yeah. Uh, but the epicenter was the Mojave Desert, so yeah. it also hit Las Vegas, right. where they're playing summer league yes. basketball, and as well as being our uh,
1: resident baseball uh, insider, also our Doris, Doris Burke well. impersonator. And she
2: was, it, it, she experienced the earthquake as well.
1: It, it, it shook was, her so much she doesn't have a lisp anymore.
2: <laughs> right. It shook not. her lisp
1: out. Earl, sure oh, did.
2: she sounded kind of terrified. If you listen to the, to the, uh, the audio of it, it's, it's kind of interesting. Oh, yes, indeed. This is an earthquake. We are having an earthquake. Yeah. Yeah the The scoreboard is shaking ever so slightly.
3: <laughs> well, that that is one thing because they did cancel because summer league right. basketball and nobody cares. But yeah, I believe they were the Thomas Mack, <laughs> and they've got the huge four sided you know yeah. or, above the court uh, uh, scoreboard as they do in many arenas. Sure. And that started shaking. Of, yep. Yeah, game yeah, over. Yeah. We're yeah. done. Yep. Done. Let's yeah, all yeah. get, Let's get out of here. We'll go ahead and check the integrity <laughs> of that. Yes. And we will move on. Right. Um Indeed. But we're we're getting ready for uh All-Star game and you yeah. were running down the uh home run derby. So do you yeah, have our, our home run derby lineup?
2: Yeah, the bracket I guess it's kind of a little different this year. I haven't really studied much on what the difference is in it. They seem to from change it years. every yeah. year, it feels I know. like. It's like I just, know.
3: it's like the it's like the slam dunk competition where it's like, mm. well, I mean it kind of works and people are kind of interested, but if we make some tweaks, yeah. it's like, dude, just set it and forget yeah. it.
2: But, uh, yeah, Christian Yelich obviously is just running away with all of the home runs this year so far. um, but he's he I guess he's the leader uh he's the first the number no, one number one se- seed. number one seed uh, yeah and uh, and then Pete Alonzo of the Mets, you know, I haven't really paid much attention to the Mets yet this year, so I don't quite' There's I mean, nothing to pay attention I keep to you're hearing safe. his name, but i'm I you know, sounds like he's gonna be in in line for maybe uh. Rookie of the Year or something like that. Did you
1: see they had uh, Jerry Seinfeld in the studio in the Mets game last night in the Phillies?
2: I didn't see him in the studio, but I saw his first pitch.
1: Yeah, they Uh, had him back in the studio talking about the Mets, and he's a lifelong Mets fan. And he just, how he was describing how, I mean, they got beat like seven to something. But, like, he was describing, like, well, they're they're hitting okay. It was obviously, like, a Mets fan who's just horribly depressed.
2: Right. I I love that he and... uh, What's his name? John Stewart. Our oh, you right. know diehard Mets fans instead of Yankees fans. I love that
3: yeah it's well it's contrarian yeah, and that's sure. really the life of a comedian right you have to go that so yeah. who,
2: who else we got hittin, uh, well hittin, I mean Vla-
3: dingers you're excited yeah, about Vladimir
2: Guerrero jr that'll be fun to see him um, I, and he
3: swings just like his dad
2: yes I know it's insane because I remember watching him in his debut against the A's and then of course the A's aren't going to see the the Blue Jays again this year so yeah. so I haven't seen him in an actual game um, but yeah I mean I keep seeing highlights of him he's got such a great swing it's so much fun to watch him
3: well and it's really fun if you haven't done this before we, we you and I talked about this when he came up and made his Major League debut, but go mm. back and look at the pictures of him, like, tromping yeah. around the ballparks with yes. his dad.
2: When he's, like, a little kid, it's so cute. Fat little kid with yeah. an afro. Yes, totally fat very,
3: little kid. Very, very wonderful.
2: Yes, but, uh yeah, and then Alex Bregman, eh, I mean... <laughs> I know. I just always feel like he's so overrated. But um, I don't know. He, he'll he probably hit a few, I'm sure. And uh, Josh Bell, I know from the Pirates, he's on fire this that year. That guy's as well. a monster he's swing, huge. too.
3: Yes. Yeah. He looks like he could yeah. play linebacker. Yes. That guy's just a beast if you haven't seen him yes. swing a bat. He's
2: pretty amazing. He I think he kind of killed the A's a couple <laughs> of times earlier this year. I love that uh, everything, yeah. all of your evaluations is based <laughs> on, on the play against, against the, a's. the A's. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> right. Uh, Jock Peterson, you know, an LA favorite. Yep. He's, uh, you know, he's from uh, Stanford actually. He's a Bay Area native, and uh, it's always fun to watch him. I don't know. I I, I liked watching him a couple of years ago. His his brother, I believe, has Down syndrome. Um, and, uh, he was with, he was with him at a, at a home run derby a couple of seasons ago. And along with Albert Pujols, who are also has a foundation for, uh, disabled children and stuff like that. So it was, it was really cool to see that interaction between Jock Peterson's brother and Albert Pujols. They're just best of friends. And, and, uh, it's really neat to see that. So I hope his brother's out there. Actually, I like to, I like to see his brother chance. Yeah. So, and Ronald Acuna Jr. and Carlos Santana. I guess those are the guys that tie that uh, wrap up the the folks in the home home run derby 2019.
3: Well, there you go. Yeah, Ronald Acuna Jr. Another young guy from Mm -hmm. the Braves. So it'll be fun to see him just go out and you just hope that you can start getting stars in it. But when you have Christian Yelich, the reigning NL MVP, going out there and smashing, I guess he was uh, bouncing balls off boats, getting warmed up for it. So. And it's so funny because that guy was – he was in the uh, Nationals organization mm. coming up. And, you know, everybody that played with him just goes, holy cow, man. This yeah. guy, we knew he was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But even the guys he played with yeah. didn't expect how good he's become. So yeah. maybe it's just those
1: uh, juiced baseballs on huh, Will.
2: I guess that's it, the juiced balls.
1: Yeah, I mean, mm. sure, whatever. <laughs> Does it really matter?
2: You're like, Huh? Yeah. Was he asleep during all that?
1: Yeah, he basically. He basically <laughs> I just heard it. baseball and I started tuning yeah. out the whole all-star break thing. Doesn't it seem ridiculous that they have to keep thinking of ways to get people to actually tune in?
3: Yeah, but they do the same thing in the NBA with the yeah. skills challenge and they change up the slam dunk competition every year too. So, yeah. Well, it's funny. I talked to a soccer fan and I, I don't think any of the three of us really care about soccer in any form. Nope. But one of the things that this guy, and he was Australian, and he was saying that the the coolest thing about being a soccer fan is that because it's a world sport, it's almost impossible to make rule changes to it for international soccer. That makes sense. So he said in the last hundred years there's been like, two rule changes <laughs> in, in soccer. Yeah. And and you look at American sports and we kind of get used to it, but especially the way they tinker with all-star games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you see it with the Pro Bowl every year. It seems to be different. All the skills challenge, sure. the home run derby, even the... the the all-star game being for the home field advantage in the the playoffs. they barely ever make changes to soccer and NFL every year has rules changes. You see them playing around with the baseball changes, changes. they their pitch clock, all of those things. It's funny where we've gotten in this thing where I think that turns off a lot of fans where it's like, all right, well, you know, yeah, the game's been around 130 years, but we need to tweak some things. Yeah. It's just leave it alone. And if if people are going to be fans, they're going to be fans, but uh, that's something at least, uh, that I heard recently that I never really considered that part of the reason soccer has such mass appeal is you know what you're getting every time you go out there. Yep. Personally, I don't sense. really care what I get sure. when I go to a soccer game. So yeah. it doesn't Just do as much. long
2: as it's a beer, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there I don't go. have to worry about that. But, uh, there yeah, you go. well, Ray Fossey, grumpy old man, you know, from the A's, he was a catcher in the 73-74 World Series. He's a broadcaster for the A's, and he's just like, you know, it's a great game. Why do we have to speed it up? Why don't people just want to watch it? And he just gets so angry yeah. about it. You know, and he's just like, you know, everybody's, you know, mean old grandpa, but yeah. trying to force everybody into it.
3: But well, and, yeah. and I, I think that's just, it's a very American thing that we want to fix everything <clears throat> too. Yeah. Right. If we get it, if we keep tweaking it until we mm-hmm. get it just right, well then you're just going to keep tweaking it forever. Yeah. What you do is you end up making changes because you have always made changes and that becomes part of the thing. Yeah. And um, it, it's funny, like the suggestion that if, well, if Major League Baseball had fewer games, it would have more fans.
2: No. no, I don't, you don't think it would. You,
3: there's 162, and you're not mm-hmm. watching them. If there's 40, you wouldn't watch them either. Exactly. So it's just it's funny how we always want to figure out what that fix is. Yeah. And the NFL is going through that right now with the instant replay for pass interference. It actually worries me yeah. a little bit, especially mm-hmm. for- That worries you? For Hail Marys. Oh, yeah, if you get- uh, <laughs> yeah, That one bothers me, but- <laughs> Either way, um, well, we may have big fat wieners. Oh my! Uh, I, we'll, I'm so we'll, excited! We'll check in with him and uh, see. I've not. Heard. I thought you said we were gonna have huge,
2: big, fat wieners. That's in here. what I'm hoping for. I'm I excited. I need a big fat wiener.
3: All right. Well, let's do. Let's do this. Let's go to the news. We may have big fat wieners next, right here on the center in the Saint. Here's Will with the
0: news. All right. Sad news. No big fat wieners.
1: Oh. But That's too bad. I know. Is he going to send me a spicy
3: uh, veggie wiener? Yeah, I talked to him yesterday. He was all pumped about uh, coming on our show, but then uh, something must have happened. All we can do is hope that the big fat wiener's truck is okay.
1: I thought you were going to uh, tell me that like another sports person died. Uh, Teddy
3: Bruschi's got, uh had a stroke. That's sad. I know. Well, if you want sad news, and then the guy for the Dolphins, Norton lost his arm.
1: I thought it was going to be a uh, kind of goofy uh, like sports injury.
3: Oh. Well, no, it's Big Fat Wiener's uh no show. That's that's sad news. But no, I don't have any goofy sports injuries. Like uh, the
1: guy losing his
3: arm. <laughs> you said that's goofy. Have there been any more details wah, on Wow.
1: Oh, boy. He lost his ah, arm.
3: Second-year NFL player losing his arm. I mean, that's it's a sad story, and it's a car accident. I, the details haven't come out if there's been any, uh, you know. Can we just put two and two together for a second? I know where you're going. Okay.
1: What what, what time did what, this happen? One in the morning. One in the morning. Uh, ran into a median. Ran into a median. Yeah. Okay. And then I, I remember I was saying this to Swag. I think you were there. This was yesterday. And he was like, well, there's another car involved. And then I kept reading, and I go, yeah, the other car had uh minor damage and the person's completely okay. Yeah. That makes me think he uh might have enjoyed the sauce too much, swerved, maybe yeah. slightly sideswiped a car and then went into a median. Yeah, that's a it's gonna be a very educated guess.
3: Probably a fair guess, but uh I don't want to speculate on this. And it's just it it's always unfortunate when somebody, you know, has their young career cut short and you hope uh, you know, even if it was a bad decision, it still sucks, right? So, there you go. Okay, uh, now hold
1: on a second. What? Because we have to do this. Why did we laugh so much when JPP's fingers got blown off in a fireworks accident? Oh, but we were laughing. No, no, no. We oh, were, no, we were laughing. No, no. We No. Loved no. It. I remember you and I were so joyous.
3: We, no, we were laughing at the PSA that he made that was the worst anti-fireworks PSA they bring out the guy from, like, the National Fireworks Safety Association. He's like, all right, we're with uh, JPP. And, uh, you know, he had an accident. Uh, JPP, tell us what happened. And then it's just the worst. Guys, don't use fireworks. It's dangerous. That's what we made fun of. It was not. You got
1: it right here?
2: So, JPP, tell us what happened. So, 4th of July, lit up a firework. Um, thought I could throw it away real quick and in a split second blew up my blew off my whole hands is right there On the way to the hospital and all I could do is think about my son and what I gonna make
0: it Now I'm just truly truly blessed to be alive now when I look at fireworks I think about the safety So let's tackle fireworks safety together Keep fireworks away from kids leave professional fireworks to the professionals to the fireworks professionals
3: Pretty good that's what we made fun of. The fireworks. That's what we made fun
1: of. Oh, and, well, I made fun of him losing all of his fingers because he held onto a firework well, for too long. Well, yeah, that's pretty self-inflicted. Dude, he lost a game of chicken to a firework. Yes, he did. In the same year, another
3: guy, a DB, I think for the Bucks, lost a big chunk of his hand, too. And he did not make it back to the NFL.
1: Oh, darn it. Yeah. So that one a little. So why can we laugh at this, but we can't be like, he lost an arm in a traffic accident. Because we don't know all the details. JPP lit a firework in his own hand, admitted to it, and then couldn't get rid of it fast enough. Somebody on the better you today text I Norton can't play football anymore. He also can't drive anymore. Those are facts. He can
3: drive with one arm. It's
1: true. You can't. Yeah. He can't drive. Well, he can't drive a stick. (laughs) Well, yes, you can. Damn it, that Maserati he sure, wanted. You, sure you can. you, well, you, you can't you, drive a stick Oh, form. come on. I can drive a
3: stick and eat a sandwich. One arm's basically incapacitated. You just drive with your knee for a little bit while you shift. Did he lose his left or right? Ooh, yeah. If he lost his right, it's going to be a lot more difficult.
1: To yeah, because then you're going to have to... That's your core strength, like yeah. moving the...
3: Yeah, but you can go one of those paddle shifts. Well, the guy's a professional athlete. It's true. Yeah, I mean, come on.
1: He's gonna well, have maybe science is advanced enough. He can get a robot arm, too. Oh.
3: Would you want a robot arm? Uh, hmm. So you had, to lose, to you had to lose him. your arm in a gnarly accident, right? Okay. You choose. You choose the fashion. Mine would be bit off by a shark. I've, I've said that several times. I'm okay with a shark attack. I don't think he'd survive. Why not? I was watching. Did you watch the Real Sports uh, episode this week? With uh, they did barstool, and then they did. Um, I can't remember what the other ones, but one of them was a the guy that got his leg bitten off by a shark, and he survived, and he built his own prosthetic to go back surfing. Anyways, if you knew that you g- could get a robot arm that would be better than your normal arm, but you had to go through a horrific accident to get it.
1: And insurance would pay for a robotic arm. Would you do it? Um, that's very dependent which arm. Now, if it was my left, I'd say yes. The robot arm is better than your real arm. Right, that's what I'm saying. If so, I already have my dominant arm, which is my right, and I get an even more dominant, <laughs> which is my left... There's no telling what I could do. So
3: you get the robot arm and you start being left-handed, and then you just back
1: up arm. Yeah, now it's still pretty sweet. Now my strong arm's my backup arm. The robot arm has
3: perfect penmanship. So it looks like uh, like
1: Kendrick Norton was upgraded from critical condition after having his arm amputated. Yeah. From critical condition to stable. So he is stable. Somebody on the text line said that he's in critical condition right now, but he had his arm amputated. I guess all I'm saying is, is that you know? I I I liken this again back to the whole Steve Sarkisian thing, that we really pick and choose for some odd reason. And I'm not pointing either way. I'm just saying this is really interesting. We really pick and choose where we place our sympathy on people. When Steve Sarkisian came out with the effing uh, fight on right yeah, at yeah. the uh, donors' dinner, and he was drunk and on pills. Oh right! Oh, it's so funny! It's hilarious! Oh, <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. Oh, this is awful. This is so sad. (laughs) This is terrible. Well, what really changed? Because if him saying he was an alcoholic and you didn't know he was an alcoholic before time, because I think you kind of knew he was an alcoholic, (laughs) if that was the difference between you finding it funny, it's very interesting to me that like, that's what you really write on uh, something being funny, like that kind of sympathy, because really you didn't know he was an alcoholic. Really? You didn't know?
3: Yeah, but there's there's a little bit of the element like you watch your brother fall head first down the stairs and then you're like, man, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. That's hilarious then. You know what I mean? If somebody's really hurt, you do that all the time. You make those split second decisions in everyday life where it's like when my kids wipe out, it's pretty funny if they're okay. But if they, you know, get scraped up and start crying and you know, you have to deal with that for an hour. It's, it's almost like a a moment where it's like, Wait, am I on the hook to like help you out? Uh, okay, let's take this seriously. Or it's like, nah, that was just pretty funny. That was just a good wipeout. There's that element too of it. And if you go, if you go, can I see myself in a similar situation? Like alcoholism. You look at it and you go, Oh man, that guy totally got wasted and kind of, you know, screwed up at that at that press conference. It's a pretty funny clip. If you watch it, the guy was clearly out of it. And then you find out it's a problem and you go, oh, well, my dad suffered from alcoholism or my uncle or whoever. Oh, I, my family's been touched by that. So you can you now now it becomes more relatable and it becomes something like that. Sure.
1: So, again, if you are at a very important press conference where people that are giving your program money and mm-hmm. who are extremely high donors and you're the face of a franchise and you get drunk blackout drunk at it, I assume you're an alcoholic. Fair That's enough. not an accident. <laughs> okay. It's not. And, it's not. And, and
3: is it hilarious?
1: Uh, well, to me, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> it still is really funny. I, I'm sorry, dude. I just, I, I don't really take to that. That whole idea of like, I have to figure out the consequences first. And then once I know them, then I'm like, oh, now I take it serious. No, it's just, you can really infer these things. That's what it was with but, Steve Sarkisian. Yes. It's like, you made an ass of yourself in front of everybody at a donor's event. Like, I just assume you're an alcoholic at this yeah. point. Yeah. And even if you're not, that's really stupid. And actually, it's <laughs> really not that funny if you're going to just take it at its base level. It's not, because yeah. there's a bunch of people giving you money and you're the face of a franchise. I mean, oh, it's really funny. You got fired. Your career's ruined.
3: Except for it's not. Uh-huh. He went and, goes and he's working for Alabama and then the Falcons. and you end, up, you end up keeping those jobs. The thing about humor is it's subjective. And, and it's, it's one of those things where... Maybe you should go back and watch that real sports piece because they talk about barstool sports and how offensive they are to everyone. And and Ricky Gervais has a bit on this that I always go back to when it comes to these conversations. It's not the person that tells the joke's fault if you're offended by it. You know what I mean? It's if, if I say something and you get offended by it. Yeah. That's your emotion. You chose to be offended by it. Now, we're governed by the FCC, and if somebody gets offended by something I say, I have bosses that I'm accountable for. But when I did stand-up comedy, if I went out, I didn't work for anybody. The club put me up, and maybe they could get a bit of the club owner, but there's kind of an implied uh, uh, you know, agreement that these guys are independent. They're operating on their own. So when a comedian goes up, if you go around looking for things to be offended by, Colin Kaepernick, for example— you that's your choice to be offended it's not his he's doing what he thought was right and what what he believed in and if somebody went and chose to be offended by it that's their problem and 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 maybe it's not a conscious choice and it's because of their upbringing that that, that happens but here's the difference there's just so is that
1: most of those people come back looking for sympathy when they apologize and i guess my point is you're not going to find any Like Kevin Hart, right? Kevin Hart's an incredibly great example because he got the, the, uh, what is it, Oscars gig. He got the hosting Oscars gig. And then everybody did the traditional let's dig up your Twitter and found out he was pretty homophobic. He made very homophobic jokes. Now, in the moment, it seems like nobody really cared about his homophobic jokes because he kept getting movie contracts and we didn't really mention it a lot. It wasn't in the mainstream news or anything like that. But then once he gets the Oscars thing, now we want to put a light on it. Well, I mean, initially, shouldn't we have gone, well, these are really homophobic statements. And then when he comes out and apologizes, I go, yeah, you're still a homophobe. In fact, I don't really have a lot of sympathy for you because you just got away with it and you knew it and now you're apologizing because you got caught. Yeah. But you, so, ne- you
3: never made a homophobic joke when you were in, well, of in football have. culture. Yeah. But does that make you a homophobe? Sometimes you get caught up in that culture and the young black male culture is sometimes as a collective, very homophobic.
1: Yeah, and I can agree with that. Yeah. Again, I, I think I just go back to the whole, like, I, I go back to the whole apology part of it. Yeah. And, and that's where that's where I'm going with the the Norton thing. Sure. It's just like, I'm with you. yeah, he lost his arm, but so did Jason Pierre Paul. He lost his fingers, and we all thought that was hilarious. And now a guy loses yeah. his arm in a traffic accident where it's even more his fault, like really his well, fault. Again,
3: but again, I, I, I wait. To, I reserve judgment until we know what happened. If he fell asleep at the wheel, which... Is, is a possibility, is very different. Why were you than, out at
1: 1 a.m.? What's that? Why were you out at 1 a.m.?
3: Well, maybe he was uh, finishing I, up his shift at the Old folks' home yeah, where he volunteers, so. and he does evenings. He's one of the orderlies, and he goes and yeah. he carries around. Because, listen, it's a lot of work picking up elderly people and putting them to bed. It seems highly unlikely. And he stuck around to play Canasta with uh, Jim, who's an insomniac, and couldn't quite fall asleep, so he stuck around until That's old Jim got sleepy. And he goes, man, good thing he finally fell asleep. I'm tired, too. And Jim, the last thing he said, he goes, make sure you drive safely. And here he did. He crashed into the uh, median and lost his arm because he was staying up late helping people.
1: Somebody brings up a, go- a good um, comparison. Actually, another person to look at. Uh, and uh, It's uh, Joe Namath, right? Remember, yeah. Joe Namath, Susie Colbert moment. You're, you know, I want to kiss you. You're pretty, yep. whatever. Yep. Um, this is very good. They're bringing it up because he was actually on NPR recently doing an interview for Morning Edition. And he's out there uh, copping a book. And the book is about his struggle with alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And in the interview, he was very much not so much apologetic or explanatory. He just was kind of like, yeah, that was really stupid. And this is my life afterwards. And I think I appreciated that more that he just came out and was like, yeah, Yeah. I was really, really dumb. I I can't really get any sympathy for it. It's just that's how it was. Now I'm moving on with it. Well, he liked booze and he liked women. And there was a moment uh, that he happened to be caught on
3: television, too. So yeah, you always kind of go back to that. But yeah, people's people's lowest moments are always a good opportunity for humor. I mean, that's that's the simplest form of it. When when people when people that are in positions of power or position of admiration fail, it makes people feel superior, which is one of the key tenets of humor: is making people feel superior. Or surprising them. Those are the two most common and most basic elements of why we laugh. And when somebody that you revere or that is in a is in a position to be admired, like an NFL player, does something as stupid as lighting a firework in his hand and blowing off his fingers, it makes you feel better about yourself going, puh, and this guy with all that money and all that fame is still doing stupid stuff. It makes you feel superior. That's why you laugh.
1: No, he blew his fingers off. And if you actually hear from the sound I thought I could throw it. Yeah, I thought I could throw it out, <laughs> yeah. I I yeah. throw it out before it blows but up. But he's
3: also a very successful guy in other aspects of his life.
1: Yeah, good for him. It's yeah. still funny he got <laughs> exactly. his fingers blown. off. Well, yeah. Off.
3: But if your neighbor got his fingers blown off, would you laugh at him too? Or your brother? Let's say somebody that was at your level.
1: Uh, well, You'd if he do- was like that, where he was again an adult mm-hmm. who had a firework in his hand and he was playing a yeah. game of chicken with it, <laughs> there'd be have to be a side of me that would be like, <laughs>
3: yeah. idiot. All right. uh, Let's get to what to watch. Uh, We'll do it next. Center and
0: Saint right here on 1080 The Fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this, whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer, Will Darkins. And increasingly out of touch, father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch, literally. It's What to Watch on The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The All
3: Alright, welcome back. It's time for What to Watch. Obviously, the biggest news of the day has been uh, the signing of Kawhi Leonard and the trade for Paul George going to the Clippers. So... Free agency, where the biggest names have kind of found their landing places. Uh, What are you watching for uh, in the rest of free agency?
1: Uh, In the rest of free agency, not quite sure, really. I don't know what else there is. I mean, I guess, I I mean, it's not free agency, but it's Russell Westbrook. Where does he go, right? I guess if I'm also going to answer the question of sports... Nasir Little, dude. I want to yeah. see if he's the real thing today.
3: There you go. Yeah, 1230 is tip-off for the uh, Blazers Summer League game. Uh, what to Watch is brought to you by Encore Audio Video. If you want to get a new home theater or uh, just upgrade your existing equipment, home automation, check out their showroom, 14th and Everett in the Pearl. If, uh, if, if I'm divorce, watching one thing. <laughs> Are you facing a door? I don't know that I am. <laughs> uh, if I'm watching for one thing, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, is kind of what the other pieces, where the other pieces fall, what the rest of the Lakers uh, roster looks like, what the rest of the Clippers roster looks like, uh, when it's all said and done, and then Russell Westbrook as well. What are you watching outside of sports?
1: Uh, outside,
3: uh, gosh, I don't know actually. Stranger
1: Things. Oh, I watched the first two episodes yeah, of that. New
3: Stranger Things, pretty good. Uh, uh, I think I've been through five episodes.
1: Oh my gosh! You yeah. rallied through that many?
3: Yeah. Well, we didn't do anything for the Fourth of July. So once we put the kids to bed, my wife and watched my my wife and I watched a few episodes. So. Oh, nice! All right. Well, I'm out uh, next week. I will be uh, I will be on vacation, uh, going to a wedding in Texas. Uh, so Will's gonna have a, a different co-host. So uh, uh, might be a best of. Show. Might be a best of.
1: Yeah. All right, we, well, we, we, we might have my best done. Thanks to
3: uh, Jen Ellis. Always wonderful having her. Thanks to Will Darkens. Uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. We are done. Bye bye.
0: Always look on the bright side of life. Come on. Always look on
2: the
0: bright side of life.
1: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.